Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. This is Greg Kiefer. Today, I'm joined in the studio by John Nadvernick to talk a little more about supply chain visibility. John, welcome back to the studio. Thank you, Greg. Good to be back. I'm glad we upgraded the furniture. Yes, At least yes. in my mind, it's a lazy boy. That's right. I'm reclined that's, back. That's right. You and I are going to start every one of these with a discussion of the furniture. And I mean, you go to a movie theater now, Greg, and they have really great reclining chairs. I'm not sure why the studio can't have those. Well, a little you know, cup holder. I have something for my popcorn, and I can watch a movie. Why can't yeah. the radio be like well, that? Well, we're trying to get a kegerator in here, and then it'll we'll, we'll have some really the, good content. The conversations will definitely change. They will. They will. So, John, uh, you know, as we've talked before, you know, you spend a lot of time in your professional life developing supply chain visibility products, helping them get implemented at very large corporations around the world. And so, you know, I like to talk to people like you just to kind of give a real kind of field level practitioner's view of what's going on out there. There's still a lot of confusion about supply chain visibility, lots of hype, lots of different analysts talking about it in different ways. But I think if there's one thing that's pretty white hot these days in the dialogue of technology in general, but I think it hooks to visibility as well, is Internet of Things, IoT. Have you ever heard of IoT before, John? I think I have, Greg. I think, (laughs) you know, not in the context of Internet of Things, of course, but I think I got a feel for what people are talking about. Yes, yes. 22 billion devices. I mean, you've got refrigerators that go Wi-Fi, you know, thermostats, you name it, right? Everything's, everything can talk. So big data, you know, on steroids, right? It's going <laughs> to, it's going to create a, a date. I've heard data lakes, and data oceans, right? Right. Right. That's, that's where it's all going. It's but, all going somewhere. I don't want to, it might go to the space. That might be where it all but, goes. But you know, as it relates to visibility, I guess it, it does open up a, a different dimension to infuse systems with more real time granularity. If that's such a thing. I mean, how do you see the role of IOT and, you know, deploying, you know, functional, operation-ready supply chain visibility systems? Yeah, so I think there's a couple different aspects of IoT when you think about supply chain visibility and managing your supply chain. There's, you know, maybe public domain aspects of IoT data, so data that I'm going to source from something that exists out in the community that's readily available, and I have things where I might attach devices which might cost me some sort of money or have some structure on it. And they're not different in the way that you want to consume the information, but they are different in how you might need to manage your supply chain and what level of information you may or may not need at given points, right? So let's take an example. Most temperature controlled items are still very kind of backwards looking in the sense of the word. That means I get the excursion, I get to the point where to find out excursion when I got the product. I'm not finding the excursion when it's in transit. It's changing to a device level environment that can trigger an IoT related information or send a signal up that says, hey, got an excursion, I'm out of tolerance or whatever. That change really depends on your product. You may want that for those types of things. You might not care till it gets to there because there's really not much you could do. I think companies are going to look at that a little bit differently for the device level, as opposed to say, I want to get flight level data. That's more public domain. I can get flight level data from multiple places. We all can log on and go to you know flight aware or something like that to go track your own flight if you're on it. That same information is a little bit more accessible. That's dealing more with the GPS location, where product is. It does give some ETAs. It does give you some ideas of, of when things are going to arrive and not going to arrive. So those are two different models I think customers are going to re- go to. You know, Device levels, probably a little bit more around the type of product I'm really shipping. Most companies are going to look for more what I'd consider public available information, like flight aware data or flight information, maybe some AIS data, 
or maybe some GPS-related data from a truck that's coming through a telematics. Anything like that, that's going to probably be different. And I think you change the world from a supply chain tracking in either one of those cases, because now I'm getting information more up-to-date and more frequent. Right, right. I was reading the other day that, you know, the, the sensors, the little, they're off-the-shelf sensors, they cost about 10 bucks, that are capable of, of obviously, geo location info, but also shock and light and temperature, right? And, you know, they're, they're not proprietary. You know, they communicate via cell phone Bluetooth connection from mm -hmm. a trailer that can then communicate back with the central command center, right? Mm -hmm. And if you think about that, and then you infuse that with, say, a more robust visibility system that's got, you know, PO data and, and inventory and invoices and all the kind of hardwired stuff, and you infuse it with that on the fly as it's happening in real time, are you seeing that at all, or is or is that still a little futury? I mean, what, what's your what's your take on that piece of it? I mean, infusing the data together, I yeah. think that's what everyone wants, right? So having a a temperature signal that tells me something's 100 degrees inside a trailer, and I have no idea what product I have inside that trailer, is not helpful to me. So if I don't have a good, clear picture of what that signal is attaching to, it's not making a lot of sense. One of the things I think that's always funny and I have a fairly long background in the world of EDI, which is kind of a dead technology that's been dying since 1999. It might be close to being on its way out, though. IoT might really hurt EDI quite a lot. Now, it won't kill it, but it's definitely going to downgrade its responsibility in our world of information gathering. But the EDI provides information about your data, and the IoT is only providing you a little bit of information. So you got to be able to fuse multiple sources of data together to give a clear picture to the customer of what's happening. And I think when you think about visibility, it's not just, hey, I know where a shipment is. It's like what we talked about earlier. I need to know what product is associated with that. So that product hierarchy could be different. Is it on an order? Is it on a shipment? Is it on a boat? Is it on a truck? Is it on a rail car? Is the rail car part of, you know, is, is it on a container? And the container's on this vessel versus this vessel. How do I lace all that information together so I can track and get the right signal that attaches to the right inventory item, you have to fuse all that data together. And it's a lot of, a lot of moving parts that I think people think is just going to come together. Now, if I attach a device to a product, like say I just want to track my iPhone and it's publishing it, that's relatively easy. I know it's that iPhone and app. But when you're thinking about the more public domain, what I'd consider IoT-related data, I think that requires a lot more fusing of information. When you just have a device that you've attached to, you know, just say for argument's sake, it's a car or something really big, then you know that device is attached to that car. But the trick there, Greg, is I need to know that the device is tracked to that car. So someone's got to still tell me that piece of information. Right, right. It doesn't magically just know. The two don't automatically sync up. Right, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it needs context, you know? Right, the, correct. There's a, there's a contextual dimension, which is sort of the, you know, the stuff that's, I'll call, you said EDI, but hardwired, mm -hmm. you know, orders out of ERP systems and, you know, some of the hardwired stuff, for lack of a better term, that's sort of where it's been. And then you've got this new data coming in, but you've got to connect those dots you know, there's been GPS on container ships for years, but if you don't know if any of your containers are on that ship or what's in those containers, how valuable is that, right? Right, correct. Because most of our customers that are using visibility are managing terge units, right? Some sort of product. They really do care about the product. We have some that don't, but most customers care about 
hey, I have this much of this product coming into this shore on this day, and that's what I care about. If it's 30 containers or two, I just care about what's in the containers. And I think when you think about visibility as a whole, that's what you want to do. Yeah, I have a a container on a vessel and I'm tracking the vessel GPS. I just want to know what, where my product is. So right. Ultimately we will know. Now, obviously if you just look at the amount of devices out there, these things that you can grab, whether it's public domain or sensors or anything, refrigerators, whatever, right. There's an explosion of data. There's just so much data. How, how do you, you consume all that? Like how it's sort of like, how do you see the forest of the trees? I mean, there's so much data to the point where does it become so overwhelming where it's just so much noise. Nobody can make heads or tails out of it. Or how do you deal with that? You know, just in terms of just the volumes of bits. <laughs> there's two things to that. I think one, there's a lot of volume of data and there is a lot of noise. So not all the data that you get is good, right? You have to have a good process that understands what makes up good information. So you throw the, the good information in and you throw the bad information out because you don't want to process a lot of it. And then getting a ping every 30 seconds, does that really do anything for you? Then you have to define some meaningful constraints around what good data is and how you apply good data. So it's not just basically knowing, you know, hey, I moved one mile, so I recalculate my ETA and it now changed the minute because I sat there. Do I re republish that ETA? Probably not, right? Because what you're going to wind up doing is a customer says, oh, now you're going to be three hours late. They panic. You move a little bit further, you get some speed. Now you're going to be back on time. You go, you got to really manage that that expectation on what a meaningful event is and how you deal with that. So when you're thinking about processing all that data and processing that information, understanding what's meaningful and not is sometimes the fun part of it. I'll throw another hot term. Is this where machine learning comes in? I mean, who helps do what you just described? I mean, it's probably more oh, than a well, human can do. So is it machines? We get a couple machines? people off the road. We actually handle it quite nicely. I mean, it's not that hard. It's just looking at like billions of pieces of data. How it's hard billions. can that be? Right. Yeah, exactly. We just get them better glasses. That's how it actually works. This is an area where machine learning, depending upon what you want to do, where machine learning actually works through that. But even before you hit the machine learning, you still got to cleanse that data, right? Because you don't want to send a bunch of junk into your machine learning algorithm to come up with a bunch of garbage as well. So yeah, you're going to apply some machine learning to that, again, depending upon what you want to try to do at that point, right? So if you're trying to create a, an ETA calculation, then yeah, you're going to usually have some sort of machine learning. But the concept of the machine learning isn't, you don't use machine learning just for the purposes of processing this large data. The concept of the large data just makes the machine learning better. Right. Right. You can process machine learning on smaller amounts of data. You're just getting better information. And the reason why machine learning is so popular, or at least how I would, I believe it's more popular, is because you have a higher rate of good quality data that you can actually learn from. If you have a large spread, I have a port of load and a port of discharge pickup, I can't learn a lot from that, right? A you know, port of load message and a port of discharge. I can't learn a lot from just those two messages. If I have a whole bunch of things that are happening in between, I have a lot more to learn from and figure out how, how something might move or not move. That's where it really comes in and makes machine learning right. applicable to your business. Right. So if you kind of look at the landscape now, I mean, we all know IoT is still early. It's hypey. There's a lot going on there. Is there any single area that you feel like is, say, more mature or maturing pretty quickly to the point where it's borderline mainstream adoption and being I, used everywhere? I think most, most customers are really looking forward to having GPS-related IoT within the next year or so. Most customers will have access to that across all their modes. Uh, maybe not all our so modes. In transit, so in, <laughs> in transit. So in transit, I think piece of visibility. Uh, will be, will be that way. I, and again, like as we talked about in one of our early sessions, I think the where everybody wants to go is to be able to link in 
other sources of data that are non-movement-based into their world, which is, like I said, news, weather, those types of things, I think, is where people want to go in a few years. That gets you into the fact that, hey, I know where my product is. I can tie weather to it. I can tie news to it. So linking those two together to give you that, you potentially going to have a problem. This product looks like it's going to head to that storm in two days. You might want to adjust for that. Now, you probably... Some people think they'll reroute the driver. I'm not too sure that's going to happen, but at least you can prepare for that delay. Right. If you've got the weather channel feed going and you see a nor'easter coming in, you might as well tell the driver network up there to brace for delays, right? Or you let your customers know that it's going to be delayed because the right. they might already know that, but you know, you can be proactive in your notifications. Or if you have to slow down build or speed up build to make other things, you can also do that. Right, right. But actually make the driver put faster on the gas pedal, I don't think it's going to happen. No, no, it's definitely not. Even though we, we've had people ask us that, oh, I'm just going to tell the driver to go faster, take a different route. I'm like, oh, that ought to be interesting. Maybe <laughs> at some point, if they're autonomous vehicles, maybe you can get it done. Hey, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Elon Musk's uh, new electric trucks, you know, are going to be, you know, traveling, you know, Wi-Fi enabled, GPS enabled transmitters, right? So who knows what those are going to be, right? Who knows? I still want the flying car. So flying I'm, cars. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm holding out for that. That's right. Yeah. Well, you'll look good in one. I'll make sure you have a good chair, by the way. I, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, John, thanks for coming on the show. We'll be back on this topic again, I have a feeling. Probably. All right. This is Supply Chain Radio, and we are signing off. <laughs>